What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies Present, the Nationalist Inquirer. I'm your host, Johnny Minoxide, and tonight I am joined by Reinhardt. What's up? Good evening, everybody. Also joining me this evening, Dogbot. Hello. Howdy, y'all. Sorry I missed the snow squatching. Ah, we'll get to that in a second. Also joining us, I believe, down in the dungeon taking notes, is it Grognak? There he is. What's up, guys? The dungeon's really far down here. What is up, guys? How's everybody doing? Welcome, everybody. Welcome from Pilled. Welcome from DLive. And welcome from Odyssey to the Paranormies present the Nationalist Inquirer. I'm in a really good mood, guys. Who cut Grognak's rope ladder with a dagger uh, and left him down there in the bottom of the dungeon how's he supposed to get out why what happened without well the rope ladder's been cut what yeah what what he was delving too too greedily and too deep oh no i uh yeah what dude what is wrong are you really under are you under underground what's going on it's a gelatinous slime hang on he's been attacked by a gelatinous slime okay everybody sounds like his profile picture looks everybody be quiet grognak are you okay yeah. Okay. You guys don't hear me, okay? Your audio sound like are you eating your microphone? No. Does it sound like it's too close or what? There it is. There better. he is. Hello. Is okay. Oh Jesus All right. Christ. Hey, Johnny. Um yeah. from the chat it apparently sounds like a bunch of robots talking to everybody. Uh okay. I don't know. I am dogbot. I don't know what to tell you. But everything sounds good on my side. Uh oh. I mean, mm. well, that's, I mean, that's the nature of of internet. Well, can one of you guys go jump into the pilled thing and go check it out or something? I don't know. I yeah, I'm listening right now. Yeah, does this how does it sound on your end, Reinhardt? Yeah, we all we all sound nice and. Hmm. Is it on pilled? That sounds like that. That's got to be pilled because we sound great. Over here on Zoom, Zoom, which has been supporting us with our live streaming. No, we actually aren't supported by Zoom. This isn't a real advertisement. I was just kidding. Wow. I was just, wow. It sounded like um, for a second, didn't it? Didn't it? A little bit. A little uh, bit. Also, yeah. it sounds, yeah, Reiko is correct. It sounds like a weird auto tune to all of our voices. Okay. Is that only on Pilled? Is that also happening on DLive? Is that also happening on Odyssey? I'm checking right now. Loading okay. them all up. Okay. There you go. Well, they are loaded. They just have to refresh. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I never understood. Yep, sounds the same on Odyssey and DLive. Okay. Well, I don't know what that is. That uh, I don't know what to tell anybody. Like, we sound great on the Zoom call. Hmm. Well, yeah, but streaming, it's going to sound different on their end anyway. Oh well. I mean, it's it might just be internet. It happens. Yeah. I don't know. It could be internet. I don't know what to tell people. I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry. Um, I'm opening up all the things on the on the stream right now, so there's there's the uh, the Odyssey link. But is this the live? No, it says click here to access the stream that's currently live. Again, the Odyssey stream is the you sound weird on Odyssey. According to Ronald Pickering, we sound weird. Yep. So sorry, Ronald Pickering. Don't know what to tell you. What was that, Grognak? 
the, he's the under garlic. the gelatinous wow. slime again. I know. Everybody's... Which I, I never understood why why even bother with the adjective. Isn't slime by nature gelatinous? I thought it was gelatinous cube. It's gelatinous cube. It's gelatinous cube. Slime is a yes. slime is a slime. A slime is a thank you, Reinhardt. Yes, a slime is a slime. A gelatinous cube is like a gigantic cube of jello. And evil what, jello. And evil jello. Therefore, so, gelatinous. Well, I mean, I don't believe it has any sort of a brain. Therefore, it would be more of a chaotic neutral. Does it? Does it give women quaaludes when they're Grognac, drinking at night? Hang on a second, Dogbot. Grognak, until you fix your audio, just don't. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bro. But but like I know you want to jump in, but it's like literally peanuts parents underwater. <laughs> yes. Yes, thank you, Reinhardt. That is peanuts parents. Yes. That- um well, I mean, a lot of people don't know anymore because, like, people are like, who are peanuts and why, why do they have parents? Like, right? Like, I don't know. No, understandable. The- Thank you, Ronald. I appreciate your 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 help there, buddy. Uh, we, we do what we can. Um. Anyways, yes, and the they- ooze is another thing. The ooze is a completely other thing, other than slime and the gelatinous cube, which apparently had- is just a dungeon cleaner. Like, it's the janitor of the dungeon, just goes around cleaning shit up. They have no idea. Job. They have no idea that Snoopy was a German war hero in his own mind. He, yeah, he was a took on he, a, he took on the Red Baron, dude. He wasn't a German. Yeah, he was a war British hero. war hero. He was a British war hero and his sop with camel. Oh, maybe I'm being Mandela affected. I thought he was the Red Baron. No, he was No, he was no, he, the Red Baron was his rival. Yes, yes. He was Oh. Yes, on his trust in his trusty sop with camel would go take on the Red Baron. Yes. He was his anglo. He never yes. shot him down. Never. God bless Manfred von Richthofen. Also, George Schultz. German, not Jewish. Yes. <laughs> yes, very important distinction there. Yeah, actually, yeah. Remember the seating arrangement at the Thanksgiving dinner? I, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so Token was on the thing by himself? I mean. Yeah. And, or, and, and Pig, I, mean, I mean, even Pigpen got to sit on the other side. What was his name? Thurgood? Cleveland. What was the black kid's name? Let's just go with Cleveland. Yeah. What was let's it? just let's just get our American cartoon uh, token blacks confused. Well, I said token first, so yes, Albert. That's South Park. What was the black kid's name? On peanuts. I don't, dude. I don't know. I, I know. I got Mandela. I got Mandela affected on Snoopy being Red Baron. So all right, I'm looking it up. Black kid on peanuts. Franklin. Franklin. That's right. It was Franklin. Because of course it was every okay. So whenever I tell the story about my Haitian, the guy, the Haitian guy I worked with, that was like, remember when Trump said that Haiti was a shithole and people got mad? Remember that? Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, okay, wait, wait, yes, talk about it. Okay, it is. That's the whole point of the joke. And I worked with this Haitian guy, and I was like, hey, Wilson. And I think his name's Wilson because of course it's Wilson, right? Every every Haitian guy is named some British guy's last name, right? It's like Wilson. Oh. Or, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah, I was about to say, like, after Woodrow? Right. Every Haitian person's first name is like a British last name. That's like the joke. Anyway, and yeah. he said, you know, why do you, I said to him, why do you live in the United States? He's like, well, because Haiti is a shithole. And I was like, the joke. Huh? Anyway. <laughs> there was a really great autodidactic video about this castle in Haiti. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Speaking of uh, autodidactic and the stuff that he talks about, did you guys, well, it's obviously on the channel, which go to Telegram slash the Paranormies and check it out. Uh, The French cave divers? Yeah. They found like a town, like a whole town with cars and shit. Cars. That was, that was pretty insane. Okay. Car, Mm. but still. Still, cars. How'd they, how'd they get the car in there? Right. And this is down below the ground, like several hundred feet below ground in a cave system. In the cave system, it wasn't just caves. It was a tunnel system that was bricked. This whole tunnel system had been built at one point. So, again, once again, there's more to the realm than we are told. If you think the news is fake, wait till you get to your history. Another right. thing I, I know... A lot of you have soured on old John Levy. Not but, really. I mean, sort of, uh, kind of, but sort of. Okay. His last video had these uh, highlight of these things in Scotland called poverty walls that apparently the official narrative is during the potato famine. They had a bunch of starving people on top of mountains making walls that had no purpose that were completely straight and, and in different places perpendicular from from one another yes yes. well they were see when in great times of distress the human body is known to form geometric patterns that are completely perpendicular to one another it was the most i'd never heard of these before but like i thought the ames monument official narrative (laughs) was 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 particularly bizarre this has got to be what, what 10 times worse i at least three to four times worse. <laughs> I, I just, I like, I, I really just can't imagine like, like the person coming up with the official narrative story for Dude, this. Dude, oh, I just did. Oh, I we just had, did. Uh, we had starving people build these. What do you mean you had starving people build these? These are in the middle of the mountains. Right. So well, poverty see, wall elves and magic brick dwarves. To distract them from the they fact that they were starving, no- they would push by rolling. First of all, they would roll the rocks uphill using grass rolled like like sod you saw that video right you guys who posted that yeah yeah that was you yeah one rock okay yeah way to go guy one rock anyway we're talking tens of thousands of stones but yes while they're rolling the rocks up the hill while starving they're also laying them completely perpendicular and straight dude it's really weird they're not even that high right like they're not like, like they're not walls. Dogbot. They're 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 like shelves. Curbs. It's curbs. What about them? No, they're curbs. They're not. No, not shelves. They're curbs. Oh, they're, they're, oh, they're somewhere in between. Like a cur- somewhere okay. between. They're, 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 I don't even think in many places they come to your waist. Okay. So I think like, I. Th- that's the thing. Like I think in a lot of places they come to like so halfway what, okay, up your so leg. What what do, what well, do you think they are? I don't know what they think they like. He had no idea. He just said he was just saying this is really weird. Well, this of course it was no because sense. John Levi never has any idea what anything is. Really. Well, I mean, he lives by himself in the middle of the desert on an Indian reservation with a dog and a cat. Like I'm not really well, like got a count- cat now. I'm not really I'm not really counting on that guy to have all the answers. He's I got just a cat now? I, I just huh? He's got a cat now. Oh, it's in the video. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's like, a cat I, guy. I, See, no. now I'm done with him. Well, he, well, he's more name? of a Chief? dog guy. His dog's name Chief. Right? Yeah, he's got a cool looking dog. Yeah, the dog's cool. his dog. His dog looks like a lot of fun. 
His dog is very cool. That um, dude's gonna be that dude's gonna be hella depressed when that dog finally passes. Oh yeah, dude, Oof. definitely. He lives that well. I remember um oh what's the guy's name? Uh Adam Alan Watt up in up in uh, British Columbia who had the do- his dog Hamish. And when his dog finally went, his podcast went away. So that happens. Yeah. He used to always sign off. This guy was like uh, his podcast was called uh, Breaking Through the Matrix, I believe. And uh, it was like around the time Freeman was really big in like the in like 08, 09, the, you know, the late aughts, early. What do you call what do you call 2010 through 2020? What's that decade called? The tens. The tens? Yeah. The tens. Yeah. Okay, so the late aughts to the tens, the early tens, uh, breaking through the Matrix was kind of a big one for a lot of people. And he used to sign off with his dog Hamish. And when Hamish died, his podcast went away. So yeah, I get oh, it. God bless him. Hope yeah. he's doing all right. I get it. He was um his whole thing one of the things I thought was hilarious about Alan Watt or Alan Watts, because Alan Watt is a very famous philosopher, right? You guys have probably heard Alan Watt. He's a uh, Kind of a white Hindu. You guys maybe ever heard of him? He's yeah, like, yeah. He gives like like really weird like Gnostic Hindu kind of esoteric out of body type speeches, right? Uh, but Alan Watts was a weird Scottish dude from up in uh, up in Canada who would talk about chemtrails and Freemasons and uh, never mentioned Jews though. <laughs> I think he was pre JQ. Actually, all of these. So, so he was just distracting from Jewish power. Well, obviously, obviously. Yeah. But he brought he broke down Freemasonry as um, like hive, a hive mentality, like with bees, like broke down all the bee connections with Freemasonry before anybody. I remember did. that. He yeah. he wrote a book on it, though, didn't he? Yeah. Breaking or down I... the Matrix. What's that? It was called Breaking Down the Matrix. OK. And it had yeah, like yeah. a guy I've doing got like that a book in my storage kick. unit. It had like a guy doing like a karate kick. At a pyramid, it was like, yep. the, yeah. that's awesome. Yeah, I it was like, I remember that. Like yeah, I wanted Chuck that Norris, on a shirt yeah, for the longest time. It was like a, ch- yeah, dude, I wanted that on a shirt. I think we're gonna fucking do that, dude, in in memory of his podcast. But uh, Oof, yeah, I'm gonna like look a, up that logo. It was like a Chuck Norris uh, karate kick to the to heck the, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I love I love late '80s karate aesthetic. Yeah, dude, Cobra Kai, man, like. Dude, when they brought well, back just, John not Kreese, just, not just Karate Kid, but there was all kinds of like, oh yeah, yeah there was all so. kinds of karate stuff. But just yeah, ridiculous. cutting through the matrix. Yeah, there it is. There it is. I'm gonna put it in the uh, put it in so I can content. put it on the screen. Yep. I'll, uh, yeah, I'll go ahead and just put it in the drive. Throw in the drive. <laughs> I love it. Let's see here. Did you put it in the drive yet? I'm dropping it in now. I had to save it. You have to save before you can put it in there. At least from yeah. You know the people that listen to the podcast, they kind of get mad at the people that are like, you know, well, so come listen to the live stream then, faggot. Yeah, come hang out with us on the live stream. There was somebody, you know, we were talking to our buddy Hook in uh, in the main chat, and there was somebody that had no idea. Okay, it's in the drive. There's somebody (laughs) had no idea that they do a live stream. All right, so the thing is, is we don't do. Like even on the Tuesday shows, we don't do a lot of visually dependent material. Kind of. Like there isn't like there, it shouldn't be that big of a problem for a people listening to follow I mean, along. We do we talk about the news? We talk about the article, and we go, "Oh my God, look at Sam Bankman Fried's face." Scam bank man fraud. Okay, scam bank man fraud. This is great. You can't make that any bigger though. Uh. 
How about that? I should just be able to scroll in. Does that help? Hmm. Man, that is. Uh, I I I'd like to meet the person that designed that and just just say like, what you're did looking he come at him? To, what what did if he you're come looking at the screen with? dog bite? You're looking at the guy who designed that. There's literally a picture of himself. But yeah. he designed like he bro. He designed that cover, bro. He used the matrix. Okay, obviously, obviously, he used the matrix like green number and lettering vertical thing. Sure. Right? Sure, that's available, right? Like, yeah, and obviously uh, the pyramid is obviously available on the back of every dollar bill. Okay. And obviously and, there are some sort of art things where Chuck Norris is doing a flying karate kick. And so he put the white oval around it. Yeah. And added uh, his little picture tilted, on the side. He tilted the, the top stone, the there eye you go. stone. Like, dude, yeah. you are literally you are literally walking through their their uh their their brainstorming session right now. Yes. Who's they? It looks I I, I would believe that only one person. Alan Watt and his idea. dog Hamish, obviously. Oh my goodness. How like, dude, you can't leave Hamish out. I know, but like the idea <laughs> the idea that this conveys what the title is is just like so absurd. I, well, awesome. how would you okay, let me ask you a question. How would you how would you do cutting through the matrix? Oh, yeah, I would definitely exactly. get a ninja with a katana. Okay, and, so uh, I would get the I would get the fat kid with the I, katana. I would have, oh, oh, off the okay, top. hold on a second, hold on a second. So the problem isn't the fact that he's got the matrix in the thing; it's, it's the type of martial artist. Dude, he's kicking. Like, how is that cutting in I, any I, way? Yeah, like, I, I believe you, know what I'm you saying? are like, being like, very, like, very like, pedantic right here. Like if he was doing the karate chop, like breaking the cinder block thing. I, I think I think you know, like you know how literally like, break the. I you think know how, you're like, splitting they, hairs, like, bro. I think you are doing the hair splitting right now. I'm I'm trying to cut through the bullshit. Yeah, here. exactly. Not, I you believe know? you are cutting through your own. You need to cut through your own bullshit right now. And, I, uh, I think I think a ninja cutting through the Joaquin and Boaz uh, <laughs> pillars. All right, all right, all right, all that right, be, all right. That would all be right, sweet. Right. That would be pretty sweet. All right. Um. Welcome to a very lighthearted Nationalist Inquirer. Uh, we have no serious news this week. Uh, the biggest story is that uh, Ye fired Milo because he tried to have gay sex with him. That's pretty big news. That's pretty big. And then Milo news. wanted to charge him. And, well, that was the thing is Milo is a Jew. And he's like, listen, 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 Ye, before uh, I got to get some cash up, up front. No, um. We we really tried. We tried very hard. We used all one of our uh, of our ins to try to get <laughs> yay <laughs> on the show, and it failed. But hey, you know we tried. We did. We used our one in. We have an in, and it failed. Whatever. But we were one degree of separation removed from. We literally from were. It. Yeah, we literally were as, as close as anybody could get. Like closer to Kevin Bacon, right? Than you know. Another five degrees. I'm just, anyway. I'm just trying to, like, I'm trying to picture Milo's facial expressions as he's trying to listen to the nuke episode that we, that we sent him. That was a great episode. What, what, what? It was pretty awesome, and I would say mostly normie friendly. Eh, I, I mean, dude, I love the nuke episode. That's top five of this year, easily. But I'm just saying, top like, three. I, I don't, I don't think, uh, other than him biting the spaces gay. 
the fake and gay stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I, I don't know how much he actually believes any of that. No, I don't like, think I he think- does at all. I don't, I, and I don't think that's the point of that. And I, I don't think that's the point of him. You know, that's not his purpose. He's sort of a chameleon, isn't he? Yeah, he's kind of a. He's like uh, a, a are, you, are we going to say lamp- opportunist? He's, he, yeah, he's a very opportunistic, chameleonistic lamprey. See, he's a Jew. I didn't even right. realize. I didn't even <laughs> right. realize that it was Milo in that weird um, yay video where he's just kind of candidly talking. Oh yeah, and the guy in the yeah, that's that's. Yeah, I was I was like, who's who's the guy with the Richard Spencer haircut from mm. 2016? You think you think maybe Ye fired Milo because he wouldn't actually wear an SS uniform? No, it was because the gay said yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so he long knifed him here. He he gave him the old Ernst Rom. He gave well, him that the was, old Ernst Rom. <laughs> that was one of the accusations against Marilyn Manson when it came to his ex-girlfriends coming out and trying to me to him last year was that one what of them that? he who's part Jewish he I I think he made her get into an SS yes. uniform yes. and said and said get in the oven That was uh Rose McGowan Yes yeah I I don't know wait I don't think that was Rose I think it was uh, it was uh it was a different one Are you sure Or was it um Yeah Yeah who was the oh the tiny girl Oh, what was her name? Oh, right, right. The little Jewish girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> now yeah, I gotta look so, it up. Who so cares? Anyway, it was it wasn't the Westworld one. He he no, he no, did no. a oh, bunch okay. of yeah. He did a bunch of different stuff with that one. All right. So moving on, moving on. Let's let's move on to actually actually stuff. We have actually news. Okay. Yes, guys, guys. Do you remember the tenth of September, on um, in September of two thousand one. Do you remember the biggest news on the 10th of September? That we had lost like $2.1 trillion. $2.3 trillion, yeah. $2.3. Yeah. Um, so the other day, uh, the Defense Department was audited for its fifth ever audit. Fifth audit ever. Ever. It's failed. Are you surprised? Hmm. What, what do you mean the audit failed? The Defense Department has failed its fifth ever audit, unable to account for more than half of its assets. Oh, really? 1,600 auditors combed through the Department of Defense's $3.5 trillion in assets and $3.7 trillion in liabilities. Officials found that the department could not account for approximately 61% of its assets. Do you know how many cherry wood desks and sea anemone uh, aquariums that is? Yeah, dude. That's a lot. It's a lot. Uh... I, I mean, I, the, the joke is, is that a lot of what goes to our defense budget spending really goes to the curation of offices of people in the defense bureaucracy. Mm -hmm. Like it's not really, it's not really like making bombs and tanks and jets. It's, it's nice desks and fancy aquariums and fountains. (laughs) Stuff that would, stuff stuff that would make a school administrator. So, so the DOD cannot account for, 
They cannot account for 2.135 trillion dollars in assets. That's it's a lot of gone. money, Johnny. It's, it's just gone. This year's outcome was not unexpected, though. Um, an official said, I would not say that we flunked. The process is important for us to do, and it's making us get better. It's not making us get better as fast as we want, but it's making us get better. Holy said shit. We failed Holy to get an shit, a. dude. Two and a quarter trillion dollars. Trillion dollars. Oh, yeah, my God. But it, right now, at this point in the United States of America, you are the most angry about this. I know, right? I know. No, literally, yeah. yeah. Mm. So the, the Ukraine's ongoing war with Russia has offered the Defense Department a very teachable moment for us on this audit. It allows them to picture the critical nature of precise tracking of weapons and equipment in the event of a conflict. That's really, to me, really a great example of why it matters to get this sort of thing right. You know, of counting inventory, knowing where it is and knowing when it's, you know, when it's arriving. General McCord said, I've asked our people to imagine that it was our folks. It was our men and women in uniform who were up against it. What the fuck does that even mean? You know, it's not it's not the uh, petty officer third class that's gun decking inventory here. It's not even 10,000 of them that are gun decking inventory here. This is this this makes no sense. I I mean, it's it's literally some Marines are eating the crayons you get for free at Chili's while the generals are eating Crayola. It's just not fair. Yeah, wait a second. Hold on. The generals are eating Crayola while the men are eating what? They're eating the free ones that you get at Chili's. Like, what are they called? Chili's. The ones you get at Chili's are far superior than the ones you get at like Mellow Mushroom. It's true. Very true. Mm-hmm. But it's only like three colors. Right. Well, yeah, but like at That's least you get the three. standard. At least you get three. Yeah, but the generals are eating like the box of sixty-four so, with the, with the sharpener in it. They're generals. Yeah. So. Work hard to be a general. I, I just love this, Johnny from McCord. He said the department has made progress towards a clean audit in the past year, but later added, "We failed to get an A." Yeah, we failed Nigga. to get an. A. You failed <laughs> to get an F. You have like a Z grade, nigga. You got like a Z, okay? Like, like it's like when the teacher, when you did so bad, the teacher's like, "I'm not even going to put your grade in. It would be better if I put it as a zero. Right, right, right. There is no curve. Everybody failed. Yes. Well, they didn't even bother to do a. Well, what was the what was the day that the audit was? Uh, the audit was. Dude, it's been going on for a year. Right, but what was the day it was released? They didn't say. Oh, because they didn't do whatever the day after would be. I don't know. Yeah, they didn't do a 9-11, which was the day after Oh, 9/10. yeah, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I, yes, there wasn't a day after this audit. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Wong, it, wong. it almost it almost makes me think that the, uh, the first audit had nothing to do with the massive PSYOP that was... 9-11. Oh, no, it most I certainly mean, did because of what they did to the Pentagon. Oh, right. well, they didn't. They Where didn't. that missile hit. Yeah. Or uh, or bomb exploded or whatever, or whatever they did. Whatever happened. Yeah, whatever happened there. Yeah. 
Oh god. Okay, guys, let's let's move on. Um we talked about this the other day, but um everybody remembers Kristen Beck. Right? Chris Beck, Kristen Beck. Reinhardt, remember uh, this from the other night. The loser baby guy? No. Oh, yeah. The Navy no, SEAL no, no, no. transitioned to being a female. Well, is transitioning back to being a dude. Who? Oh, the Navy SEAL. Yeah, Chris uh, Beck. Uh, oh, so he it, like he didn't really like do any transitioning. Right? Like all he did was no. like grow his hair long, put makeup on. So Pretty, look at the picture. Look look at the picture. Yeah, it, yeah. it there you go. Just looks like a cross dresser. The yeah. cross dresser. Yeah. The cross yeah. dresser, Chris Beck, yes. Or or he's in a Cinderella tribute band. I mean, he does kind of look like George Lynch. Yeah. From Dawkins. Dude, George Lynch for a long time, like like after the eighties when Dawkins disappeared, he was like a professional bodybuilder. It's weird. I didn't know that. Yeah, phenomenal guitar player. Like has like uh, like a couple guitars I would love to own, like ESP customs and whatever. But like his, he went for a while. He went like ridiculously into like steroids and growth hormone and whatever, and got like all gigantic and weird looking. He did like a, he did like a carrot top. But instead of comedy, it was. Oh, he does prop comedy. No, I said. But instead of comedy, he was like a guitar player. Oh, yeah. yeah prop comedy is making a comeback, no, Johnny. It's not. No, it's not. It is. What Wait, props? Can we get back to the cross dressing? Hang on a second. Seal? What? Hang on. What props? Like a net and a yuhu. Nah, we'll do that in a minute. Yes. That's like the entire hour or two. I know. I'm just saying, prop comedy is making prop a comeback. comedy is no. You are not wrong. He is not wrong. Reinhardt. In the not not necessarily in the vein of the great Joel Hogsden, but you know, no, and absolutely I nobody. Mean, I mean, ever... I mean, he was a ge- he was a genius that cannot be surpassed. So. No, he, yeah. Well, I mean, this this other this other prop comic is a genius in and of its in in his own right. Right, but nobody nobody can match the prop comedy of Joel Hogsden. No. Mm-mm. Well. I mean, Joel Hudson and friends. It wouldn't have been anything without Trace, Bullio, and the rest. Uh, yeah. Come on. Joel didn't write everything. Yeah, but he, he made the... Never mind. I get it. I, I get it. I'm Did you it. ever see any of his stand-up when yes. he used the props and yes. everything? It was fantastic. Yes. His prop. Yes. But also his friends wrote his stuff for him. He was just good at doing it. No, not his stand-up. I mean, with the MST three K, yeah, there was those there was, were guys were those were his that was his whole comedy troupe thing, in general. Anyway, there was that was a whole show. It wasn't just Joel. I I know. I'm saying his stand his stand up. I know, but his stand anyway. That's yes. We got dude. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> God bless you, Joel Hodgson. You made me laugh a bunch of times. Yes, Minnesota's own Joel Hodgson. Uh, Kristen Beck. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Oh, are we back? Okay. Yeah, we're back, Reinhardt. We're back, dude. Yeah. Wake up, Reinhardt. <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. Yes, wait. Sorry. Wake, wake up, Joe Biden. Joe Biden. I'm here. Wake up. I'm here. Joe Biden. Wake up. Wake up. Remember those? Yes. Yeah, the Hyperborean Joe Biden meme. That, that, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So, Kristen Beck, yeah, is doing the whole detransitioning thing now. And, uh, Claiming that 
So he was writing a book. Um, I guess it was called Warrior Princess. Oh, Warrior God. Princess. We laughed about this not, on the last show. Why not Woman King? Um, <laughs> yeah, writing a book called Warrior Princess with, I guess, a ghostwriter. Um, had doubts about the book, didn't want it to be published, started having doubts about identity and all that kind of stuff. Uh, apparently met with the psychologist who judaized him into releasing the actual book and now is saying that he was totally brainwashed and propagandized and is saying the media is doing the same to uh, kids all over the country. Yes, he's now an anti-trans activist. So does this mean he's a, a gender swap turf? Well, I mean, there there are plenty of turfs who also fall under the character class of detransitioner, but mm-hmm. I don't even know if you can consider a guy that's just going to cut his hair and take the makeup off a detransitioner. No, I I don't think no, so. No, I um, mean, you would have to do something like um, fall through with some form of uh, physical mutilation or chemical castration. Right. Even e- I mean, even Bruce Jenner did more than this guy did. Yeah. Well, and I, yeah, I don't think this person went through any surgery actually, but what I, what I think they're doing here, and this is, this is the key. So it says the media, the news outlet, CNN and Anderson Cooper had used him and destroyed his life. Um, He referred to the transgender movement as a cult several times and even pulled out the N word. Um, Nazi. Nazi. Oh, if they oh, think that their narrative is so sacred that you can't I thought she meant like I thought she meant like the real N word. No, no, no. That's for later. Okay. Um, as soon as you say something, you're out. You're excommunicated. You're a Nazi, and they ramp it up so fast. See, with all of this going, pulling out talking points straight from anti-trans and detransitioners and all this stuff. This just seems like more of a bit. This person was meant mm-hmm. to play this clowny role the entire time. Mm-hmm. I thought the N-word to Reinhardt was Gnostic. No, that's a G word. That's, that's, a, G. that's a G. It's not Gnostic. It, 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 it is. Don't do it this is, bit. It is, don't. It is. It is. It is. Um, <clears throat> however. It is, it, I've been, it's Gnostic. It's no, it's I've been Gnostic, pronouncing yes. it wrong. It's like Gary Gnu. Yes, yes. It's the, it's, yes, it's the news. Yes. Anyways. Um, I don't know, Reinhardt. Um, it's not Gnostic, Jesus. But uh, yeah, this guy, th- this guy didn't do any sort of actual transitioning other than growing his hair out and wearing makeup. Yeah, this person was a Navy SEAL, so clearly they've got uh, experience. They have experience being controlled by the government. They have likely right. intelligence right. contacts. So, to me, this person is just a complete puppet from beginning to end. Don't forget, I mean, don't forget, like, you know, uh, this book was a bestseller and this person made a gajillion dollars. Right. Now that it's over, it's like, oh, no, I was propagandized into into releasing it. They abused me. I mean, obviously, it's a guy. I mean, you can look at the pictures and you're like, that's a dude. But again, it's the emperor wears, you know, the emperor's new clothes where you're like, oh, yeah, it's so beautiful. Stunning and brave. new boobs. Yeah, stunning. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Grognak, write that down. Um, do you like? Do you, do you guys like gnocchi? It's gnocchi. It don't don't argue with an Italian on that. It's gnocchi, don't start. 
Johnny, we'll end the show right now. Yep, I will push stop on the stream, and we will we'll call it a night. Anyway, um, yeah, po- potato this- ganoki. I was just thinking about that right now. So so good. Potato gnocchi. Stop it. All right, moving on. Uh, nuclear submarine buzzed by underwater traveling underwater object traveling faster than speed of sound. What? Did you hear about this, Reinhardt? Yeah, this one was odd. I we mean, didn't learn about this in it, school. We didn't learn about no, this in I submarine mean, school. Well, I, I, I mean, I love, I love the uh, freaking USO stuff almost more than UFO. Yeah. Well, again, we don't know anything about what's going on under the water. So, right, uh, we still okay, so, we still don't know what it was that caused the uh, Connecticut to crash and surface in the South China Sea in an area that we definitely weren't supposed to be in. Right, <laughs> or the Greenville to run aground. Yeah. Right. Um. So, the USS Hampton back in the 1990s was buzzed by some unidentified object traveling underwater faster than the speed of sound. Uh, the sub was running deep and fast in the late 1990s and it was shocked by the speed of this USO Um, McGuire was one of the guys uh, Bob McGuire was he told who the hell is Bob McGuire it doesn't say who Bob McGuire is. Okay, Bob McGuire may have been on on board, but this is a guy who is giving an account of this, so we're we're going to assume he knows what's up. Uh, McGuire told the Leto Files YouTube channel, "We were underway, and all of a sudden, I hear the sound. It's really strange because it's clear what's going on is something whizzing by us and moving so fast. I just can't believe us." Okay, so this sounds like an anecdotal story that is full of shit. I'm going to delete this from the stack. We are not. I don't know. Well, oh, well. The, the problem, the problem here. Before we, I, I agree. Let's get rid of it. But the one thing I'll say here. So this is an LA class submarine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're not going to know where this thing actually was. Right. So there's no it's way. LA class submarine, top secret. Well, not top secret, but it is. It is secret, and the movements are definitely top secret. That's what I um, We're not going to know exactly where it was. So there's no way to have any idea of where this thing could have come from we have no details on obviously what it looked like because it was traveling faster than the speed of sound so yeah allegedly yeah i don't know it's weird but there's no literally no way to know anything more so yeah this is one of those uh anecdotal evidence story i don't know in a website that is not really reputable (laughs) it's just the USO stuff is so cool when you hear some of these stories from well, yeah. usually like Navy crewmen or something like that. And and I honestly, it would be really cool to experience, but it seems to be sort of impossible to film because it happens so quickly or hmm. or it's on such a secure experience. But it yeah. seems to be sort of impossible to film because it happens so quickly. Uh-oh. Or or it's on such a secure experience, but it yeah. seems to be sort of. Imp- hmm. Did you have the stream unmuted there for a minute? No. No, Johnny. Weird. No. Hmm. 
That was oh, really bizarre. That was and really now weird. I... Okay, that was the other Brave window that I had open. Good Lord. Oh, nice. All right. All right. Um, Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, yeah, and they couldn't even, even... What, there was no aircraft? No. No, air, no aircraft anywhere in the... Air. Yeah. I, no, I don't believe any of that. No, there's, there's never not any aircraft. Yeah. I, there's no way they could have caught anything, nothing on thermal, nothing at all whatsoever, no sound. Nothing. No, yeah, I'm no. not. Don't believe nothing it. on sonar. Don't something believe. traveling faster than the speed of sound. You yep. you can't catch. Nope. Don't believe it. Don't believe nope. it. Nope. All right. So since we're talking about trannies, since we're talking about trannies, here we go. Look at the screen, guys. Everybody's favorite trainee. Richard Rachel Levine. Oh God! This oh, uh, Babylon Bee's Man of the Year. That's right. That's right. They want your children. Levine tells pediatricians that they need to become activists for transgender care for minors. At this point, they are openly advocating for your child to get groomed. Do you guys want to hear this? Uh yeah. I mean, mm. I I don't, but I do. Let's do it. All right. Hang on. Here we go. So I encourage all of you to think of yourselves as ambassadors to your communities, ambassadors for science, ambassadors for compassion, and ambassadors for care. These conversations don't have to be limited or restricted to a medical setting. Offer yourselves as informational resources, not just for youth, but for school teachers, principals, school boards, professional organizations, recreation centers, county commissioners, and others who would benefit from this information in your perspective. Please proactively seek opportunities to speak about what you know. Our task is to educate the public in as many forms as possible. And we need to have these conversations that question the assumptions that are underlying today's attacks on trans people. Pushing back the veil of ignorance demands this extra effort. And this is, a, this is the challenge before our profession. For almost 40 years now, I have considered an honor to be a doctor. I believe in our role as healers. I believe in our role as truth tellers. And the truth that we need to confront now is that medicine and science are being politically perverted around this country that destroys human lives. And we have reached a tipping point for the role in medicine and civic life for the health and well-being of LGBTQI plus youth and other Americans. Those who attack our community are driven by an agenda of politics. It has nothing to do with medicine. It has nothing to do with science. It has nothing to do with warmth, empathy, compassion, or understanding. They are rejecting the value of supportive medicine, rejecting well-established science, and simply rejecting basic human compassion. We as doctors, and as people who love our communities and love our Oof. nation have to confront the, the fact that the language of care and compassion that they're using is being taken to granted to literally tear our communities apart. So we have to stand up. We have to take a stand on behalf of those who are being hurt. That's what we do in medicine, even when it's difficult. Jesus Christ. Every story I've heard from someone who has a air quotes mm -hmm. transitioning person in their mm -hmm. family mm -hmm. talks about families being torn apart mm -hmm. by the sheer gaslighting combined with this like artificial narcissism by the, the person that 
somehow believes that God has put them in the wrong biological sex. Right. Right. So it's, it's, that's the most I've ever heard this creature speak. And it's just, it's just incredibly difficult to make it. How long was that? A minute and a half? Two and a half. Two Two minutes. minutes I was, dude, I, I, I wanted like my soul wanted to press stop after 10 seconds. That was bad. The amb- the ambassadors for science thing is very interesting Ugh. because literally the people that uh, undergo what either the chemical castration or the the physical mutilation, they literally become science experiments. That's I mean that's that's all that they've that's all that they become afterwards. Right. And then when they decide that they've made a mistake, they're left for dead. Well, all they are right, is right, used right. up. All they are is used up ritual sacrifices for pharmacia. Well, all, yeah. all the all the all the people that uh, gave them this artificial support, uh, either on the social media or the uh, air quotes gender affirming care side of things, yeah. the medical side yeah. of things. Uh-huh. The minute any of them have doubts, right? They're they're ghosted like a bad date. It's it's and and it that's. That's part of why the is that suicide rate that people like to mock a lot, you know, because it's they think a lot of people think it's funny that people that make these mistakes decide to take their own lives. Yeah. Um, uh, well, yeah. I mean, part of the reason why that number is so high is that people do have these regrets. And they, as soon as they express any regrets, they're completely ostracized by this community they thought that they were a part of. Right. They're they're no longer they're no longer affirming these people's uh, mental illnesses, so therefore they have to go. Right, and the medical industry that that profits off it mm-hmm. uh, sees that they're not going to make any more money off. Right, so they can because go they're... from there too. So yeah, so they're not reifying anything. So bye. Right, so there yeah. there's no there's no like uh, there's no stipend waiting well, for any of these people to yeah. try to fix the mistakes that they've made. Well, what was that about no. dates? Talk about what you said. What? What was that about dates? What you said. Is it like a personal experience thing? Well, the ghosting experience yeah, okay. that people that that people have. Yes, it's modern dating. That he's heard from a friend. He's heard from friends who have been on dating websites that have been near people that have seen things. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah, like at, at the end of the day, uh, like what you said, dog, about they're they're used up science experiments, they're used up oh, ritual man. sacrifices, they're husks, is what they are, and then yeah, as soon as they they express any doubt or regret, they're left for dead, and and yep. many times that becomes literal. And while the medical establishment <clears throat> completely pretends like they don't exist any longer, won't return any of their calls with their the questions of why this problem's happening and that problem's happening. If they express any doubt on social media, they get death threats by the dozens. Oh, immediately. Yeah. Yeah, it's an amazing it's it's amazing to see uh you thought the J IDF and the Sandy Hook IDF was bad. The T IDF the T IDF is, is yeah, the T IDF is like that's like the third generation. I've I've seen some of that in in boards of you know, people posting this, whether it's on poll mm-hmm. or um you know, there's there's a D trans subreddit. Oh yeah. And people will just go in there and raid and and God forbid anybody post on like an actual like subreddit where people are 
actively interested in this and they express any doubts five minutes there the thread is locked there's a thousand comments telling the person to kill themselves it's and for these people who put so much stock in social media and the affirmation of these people this online community Mm -hmm. that is the end of of everything for them oh yeah no that's literally the end of everything and yes it's wrong yes it's stupid and they shouldn't be that way anyway but they are that's that's where they're at Part of the silencing includes that saying expressing any doubt that any of this is a good idea uh, is somehow the promotion of violence against ones who have decided that it's a good idea. When, in fact, the the violence against uh, air quotes trans people in the United States, it was 33, uh, a listed of 33 people last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 33 entire people. In the entire country of were attacked uh, for being trans and likely and seventy five percent of those receiving were, were end of uh finding out about prostitution things. Well and uh, dog bot, what what did you say? Seventy five percent of those were black. Yeah. Seventy five percent of those are, are 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 black trans men uh who likely in all likelihood their their partner or would be partner found out the truth about their biological sex Mm -hmm. uh during uh during a moment of passion and there's you know there's going to be you know these men have no these there's going to be violence over it you know whether before or after (laughs) and that's like here uh here in this part of the continent wide strip mall there were three usually three after. deaths and uh they were they all happened in downtown Dallas in a, a you know not far away from MLK Boulevard and you know like is that you is can that read, really relevant you could read between the lines of what happened is MLK Boulevard relevant well the, the people people familiar with Dallas will know what part of town know, that is. I, I know, I know I'm joking. The Bucks the Bucks did not want to hear, Oh nigga, you gay. So of course they had to react nigga, as they you did. Gay. <laughs> It'll never not be funny. No, it's like the funniest. Yeah. <laughs> I still have that video on my on my I phone do, and it'll it'll come up every now and then. I do too. Anyways, yeah, this is all evil, disgusting, satanic. It is a cult. I mean it it is. But of course, they turned at, they turned the rhetoric, and and here's the thing about the the threats of violence, the perceived threat of violence from doubt and everything else. It all stems from the the gaslighting that this community has always been around and has always been oppressed by mm-hmm. everybody. They've created through you know Jewish marketing magic this idea that they've been oppressed for hundreds or thousands of years right. and it's always been there in every every ancient society has had 17 genders and right yeah and the white man go who who but the white colonizing man came in and destroyed only. it all he came in with their binary oh god i'm having flashbacks to college history class but sorry i didn't say <laughs> did i say it i didn't say it jewishly enough Binary. There you go. You got the you got the smoker voice down. You got it. There, there you go. Right. Draw it out. All right, all right, all right, all right. Moving on. All right. Yeah, I thought we didn't have any other heavy topics for tonight. We have plenty of heavy topics. Okay. Angering topics. <laughs> uh, what is next? What is? What, what we got left on? Oh, can we do the San Francisco one? Um, you want to do that now? Yeah, let's do that real quick. Then we're gonna go to break. 
All right. All right. So San Francisco. San Francisco votes to allow police use of deadly robots spurs concern and outrage. One well, law concern pro- is put first. Right. Right. One law professor and retired detective says, I don't think we've done enough research. Really? You vote think? By, yeah, a vote by San Francisco city supervisors in support of allowing police to use robots to kill people in emergency circumstances has drawn criticism from experts in law enforcement and security who say it could lead to dangerous and unintended consequences. The San Francisco Board of Supervisors voted Tuesday to advance an ordinance that includes a controversial policy that would give city police the ability to deploy robots to use lethal force in extraordinary circumstances when risk of loss of life to members of the public or officers is imminent and officers cannot subdue the threat after using alternative force options or de-escalation tactics. After a contentious debate, the members of the board voted 8-3 to three in support of the policy, which will need to pass another vote by the board on December 6th, and then signed by the mayor, London Breed. For it to become a law, the vote became uh, came about after California passed a law last year requiring law enforcement departments to seek approval for use of military-style equipment. So this is basically... Um, a vote to use military equipment on civilians. Against people who are trying to defend themselves when they find somebody robbing their car or crapping in front of their house and, you know, trying well, to stab hey, them. Hey, hey, hey. Well, uh, a robot's already been used to kill a person in Dallas. Oh, yeah, that's right. So, I mean, the, the, the precedent's already been set mm-hmm. years yeah. ago, in fact. 2018, you know, actually, 2018. Was it 15 or 2018? Yeah. That long? And obviously nobody's done the research on who would be at fault if one of these robots did misfire right, or act out in any way and it resulted in more loss of innocent life. Well, they, they thought the, the good idea in Dallas was to just drive up with the bomb to the <laughs> with the robot that's different blow, that's like blow up the expensive robot along with the scenario. yeah that was really weird i i feel like something went wrong yeah that was like a, a gay app going Mis- wrong mistakes were made yes mistakes were made oh absolutely <laughs> he wasn't supposed to kill five like he no. like they yeah yeah that known wolf was you know a little a little, little crazier than they thought mm-hmm. so with this, so all this, all this language here is everybody trying to be careful. There, it's all very like limpdick language. Right. I don't think we've done enough research. Uh, once we go down this path, it's very difficult to pull back. It's not at all unreasonable for us to assume that in standoffs with people in the midst of mental health crisis or something, police will now feel empowered. It's they know this is wrong. Yeah, they know. They, they know. They even do. if they wanted to to try and push something like this through, it would take a decade of legalese and research yeah. and testing and study to be able to even think about putting this in front of a board of supervisors in any real or in, in any real situation. But this isn't a real situation. What? This is San Francisco. No, yeah, I, that's uh, what yeah. I'm saying. It's not. It's not real. 
I'm like, you're talking about the city that that like banned Ronald McDonald. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because it was making kids fat. But but there's still McDonald's. You're yeah. talking, yeah. You're talking about the city that it has a stipend for 130 genders. Yeah. I'm tell. I t- I said if this were in any real any situation, real city, but San I know Francisco. it's not. Right, right, right. It's not a real place. So of course this is not going to get really. I mean, of course there's going to be outrage from what normal this people. This is like this is like the, in Monty t- Python, the Holy Grail. Let's not go there. It's a silly place. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is just. All right. This this is your cyberpunk reality right here in yep. San Francisco. Yep. This is your really gay night city. Yep, except with poop and needles. More poop and more needles yes. and less ramen. Yeah, because everybody's starving to death. Also that. <laughs> How long until they turn to the poop and needles? Uh, food? I don't know. What is it? December? Soon? Soon. All right, Soon dog bot. Are you? Do you want to do the Daft Punk song? Do you? Yes. Yeah. You do. All right. All right. I was gonna. I want to do Holiday in Cambodia because it kind of ties into the other thing because that's where somebody's mom did a thing, you know. But whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Anyway, it all makes so much sense later on. Right. That's why it's so terrible. Harder, harder, better, faster, stronger. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Daft Punk. Harder, better, faster, stronger. We live, live, and we'll be back. I promise. Keep up the pace.
Hey everybody, we're back. This is still the Paranormies present the Nationalist Inquirer. I obviously am still Johnny Monoxide. Uh, Reinhardt and Dogbot are back. Uh, is the road back? Uh, Grogdak, are you here? Are you still? I mean, our audio is messed up on the stream. Period. So I'm not worried about that. Grognak, are you? Are you, hello, hello. So I, I found it, you guys okay that that word huller that's actually a word that is from uh, Central Ohio from Newark Ohio and they say heller instead of hello oh kind of like how my grandmother from Ohio says winder yeah winder yeah winder yeah huller yeah that's the same yeah sounds about right yep they're from Newark Ohio yeah what dude <laughs> I, I figured out Ohio has the most accents. Than any state, any other state, it is a realm unto itself. Mm-hmm. It is, and I realized the a lost realm. Well, the reason that is is that of, yeah, of all the shit that's under the ground in Ohio and skyline. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, unfortunately, skyline exists. Would you guys think of that? Would would you? Would, did you like the Daft Punk? I love Daft Punk. I do. I really do. I, I love live techno. And I love Daft Punk and I've seen them live a couple times and like, but like ever since they got like super popular, it's like, uh, you know, yeah, but they, they're an act that I followed since they were just two DJs. Right. Same. So, yeah, um, well they, they used to call themselves Indo Silver Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had a couple of those records. That was very so early. it's it's very interesting to see. That was very early. That's what, see five. their genesis. But uh, I I don't know. That's one of those acts that my son liked a lot too. So it was it was fun uh, listening to that stuff together in the car. I always make him really happy. So yeah, it's good. It's just good happy music. 
No, that's that's one uh, the kid likes likes um, around the world. My kid likes that one. So I remember my son seeing the music video and he was just laughing at the the mummies dancing mm-hmm. around and the, the you know it's it's a ridiculous video. All it's the- from this re- it's from this really weird weird period in the nineties where major major record labels were getting really worried about all the underground dance music that was incredibly popular with mm-hmm. a large swath of people mm-hmm. and they had they had no it wasn't they couldn't that tap, large of a swath of people but yeah they were worried they couldn't tap into they couldn't tap into it at all so they picked a few acts and they tried to make them things so they it, they had to give them music videos and they're like and that was one of what them. are we gonna yeah that was that was a weird thing to see like that song had been out for three years before we saw a music video. Yeah, of it. It, it was, was just weird. really strange. It's like I've already seen like seven remixes of the song. Yeah, and, and just uh, some of the acts that they came up with were completely, you know, like like other popular forms of music that would be making the rounds were completely inorganic and came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, like what, like punk. No, like there was this act called Space Pig, that was oh yeah, like, dude, you know, Space Pig and Sneaker Pimps. You know there there was no, you know the, there were no records. There were no like Sneaker Pimps records. It was just something that like it just happened. There was a popular record. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was another one called Underworld mm-hmm. where they did this one song for Train Spotting, and it was just complete. Well, well they like, did that a lot with they did that a lot with soundtracks back then. There would be like yeah. there would be an uh, an artist on a soundtrack it was like this new artist, oh wow this this soundtrack featuring such and such artist so and so, like whoa, yeah dude yeah that's that's what they did, yeah. It was the nineties, yeah. yeah, great time. Mm-hmm. It was fun, a lot of fun. I mean, I feel bad for kids nowadays that don't get to have fun. It sucks. Really does. Well, I mean, you know, fun has changed. The definition yeah, of fun the definition has changed of for fun them. Has definitely changed. Yeah, you are correct, sir. All right, moving on. Um, the song we listened to during the break. Uh, there's been a guy who has made that song way more popular than those two guys in spacesuits ever could have. His name was Kanye West. Yeah, he paid them a buttload of money for that sample. And he did, and he did it properly, and he used that sample and made and wore it out. And that song is extremely popular. And Kanye West, yay, as they call him. As he wants to be called. As he wants to be called, yay. As we shall call him. As he wants to be called, he shall be called. I'll try to. All right. He's in the news again. He was on Alex Jones, and he went on Gavin McInnes, and he went on. Like, what hasn't he done besides come on the Paranormies? Well, he started with Tim Pool. Like, right. I, 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 I called this the the Alt Light tour. Yep, we 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 all did. Yes. Yep. Yep. And uh, he started with Tim Pool and made and made the news because he walked off of his show. I didn't even know. I didn't even know the independent beanie wearing journalist had a show but he does and he walked off it yes he got up and left because tim pool was doing the whole like i don't think it's a group of jews organized jews it's just individual like jews that are you know uh with power 
Right, but he said he he used the pronoun they yes. to describe who was making uh, Kanye or Ye's life miserable. And right. Ye said, who's they? Tim Pool wouldn't answer. Right, so. right. Well, Tim Pool did the whole like, well, I mean, it's very difficult to say. I mean, who they are. They are Goyim. I mean, uh, Kanye uh, or Ye. Uh, I mean, uh, it's uh, very difficult. I don't know what you mean. What are you, what are you trying to say, they? Like, is it a group of people or is it a small group of people? Maybe it's a small circumc- circumcision. I mean, a group of uh, like, uh, who knows? It's very difficult. So did you practice that during the break? No. That was off the cuff. So he 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 was yay called Tim Pool and and a non-player character. He called him an NPC. Yes. Yep. He is. Tim Pool is an NPC. Yes. Hundred percent. He is hundred percent. But what what would you have to talk to him about? Like, what kind of quest awaits you that you would have to talk to him for information about? Um, where he had a really sh- which which side of the skate park to drop in on. There's no way that he would know that. He's he I, used to be a professional skateboarder. There's no there's no way that Tim Pool can do anything on a skateboard. Tim Pool used to be a prof- No, dude, shut up. I'm not even joking. I th- I think Tim, Tim Pool was just wearing a really cool outfit no, Tim and Poole, no, he had no, no, and he I'm had gonna, a glowing exclamation point over his head. I'm not gonna I have to I have Tim to look Poole. I have to look this up now. I don't believe you that Tim Pool uh skated. He was. Tim Pool was a pro skater. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. This Johnny, is... if you if if you want to pull it up on the stream so we can get it off dead Kennedys. Yeah, Tim Pool. Pro skater. Yeah. <clears throat> Prior to the Occupy movement, Pool lived with his brother in Newport News, Virginia, where he played guitar and made skateboarding videos. Yeah, there you go. Skater XL Tim Cast. Yep. Yeah, the original Tim Cast was all like skating stuff. He was a pro. All right, maybe not pro. He was a semi-pro skater. He had he had endorsements. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. All right. Okay. So now Tim Pool is. Tim Pool has like a a tiny bit. Tim Pool has a tiny bit of credibility as a skater. Okay, maybe not as a hair model or a hat model. Right. I guess maybe that explains the beanie a little bit. If it was 1992. April 26th, 1992. Is that when Check Your Head came out? It was a riot on the streets. Oh, I mean, the beanies, I don't know. It continued in, in fashion into the aughts. While you were sitting home watching your TV. <laughs> we were participating in some anarchy. Anyways, uh, yeah, dude, the Tim Pool. All right, there's look, look. There's all kinds of pictures of Tim Pool skating. Okay, so he would teach you. He would teach you like the the trick that you would need in order to advance yes. on the next level yes. of Tony Hawk. He would teach skater. you. He would teach you like the kick flip nose slide. Yes, I think but, that's what you was trying to learn yeah. how to kick flip the Jews. But he he couldn't. He he definitely wouldn't be able to show you how to use the Q tips on Skater Die Two to knock somebody down. Remember that? Yes, yes. You use yeah. the skateboard to knock somebody down. Yeah. The, the, well, no. Like the, there's that one stage where you had the big Q-tips in your hands and you you hit you hit people with your. Oh right, like, right, right, right. The, yeah, like the, the uh, like the um. You're like American dueling gladiators. them. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Uh. So so the the Tim Pool thing was sort of a blip, 
but the Alex Jones appearance was mm-hmm. four, three. It went into the fourth hour, so he was at least he was at least in the stu- in Alex Jones's studio for almost five hours. Yes. Well, I mean, it, it's pretty mind blowing. Did you watch the entire three hours? No, plus I did not. You, okay, what about you, Reinhardt? I watched the highlights and about half of the full thing. Okay, so there was something that I noticed that I, I was kind of bemused by because, like it, it didn't seem to make a lot of sense. I. I think Alex Jones is Bill Hicks. I think it's all staged and scripted with with the guy, right? Yes, but we all do. Really, we all think but so. What, but what's really strange is at any point, Alex Jones could have appealed to his audience and said all the things he needed to say to to make his audience happy about the, the Hitlerisms and the anti-Semitisms, right? What do you mean? Well, Alex, Alex Jones has no idea what you're talking about. Well, Alex Jones, it has a particular audience that Mm. um, they're pro Trump, they're pro Constitution, they're they're anti government, but uh, they think that the problem, uh, they they think that the the isolated problem are the globalists that are trying to encroach on our American freedoms. Right. That's that's his brand, right? Sure. And in that brand, what what is included is the last time we were the good guys was World War II. Mm -hmm. And so basically, Kanye was doing the bit to where uh, it sort of it sort of lended to the idea that we weren't the good guys in World War II. Sure. Because he even said a couple things like Nazis were just fighting for their homeland. Right. Like to 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 the boomer con. Uh, or, or the, like patri- the, the pa- to the patriotar that the, does not the patriotar that hears that that they believe they they believe every bit of the uh, Nazis were like the the knights of Satan basically mm-hmm. you know every mm-hmm. single one of them and they all uh, performed experiments like Mangala and uh, every they Nazi wanted to take over the world right and they they were the most the the, the most terrible vile enemies that any country has ever faced right right and we defeated them making us the good guys right uh clearly a- a- excluding the fact excluding <clears throat> the soviet union and all that like like in the yeah, eyes yeah, don't of, worry about that yeah, in yeah, the yeah. In, in the eyes of this in the eyes of this particular demographic which is his core demographic uh america did no wrong up until 1945 right uh, and then so, but then boy woo. so it seemed like he wanted to not make knowing what happened on Tim Pool's show, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It seemed like he wanted to keep him on as long as that, as long as he would stay in. And at every point where th- there were a couple points where Alex Jones was trying to do this thing where he's like, "Yeah, I had a grandfather in Dallas who blah 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 blah," and and that's when. Like he would try to get into this stupid backstory. Like 
he has these like stupid backstories about right. his grandparents, his grandparents, how, his dad, who was and, a dentist who worked for the CIA. Yeah. And how connected and how connected they are. Right, and like, right, and, right, and, right, and, and all right, these like right. anecdotes that can't be uh, verified or proven by a single soul. But like he, mm. anytime he tries to, he tried to whip one of those up. Uh, yay would just pull out the goddamn orange net and the freaking can of the, the bottle of Yoohoo and start doing like, Yet in Yahoo. Prop comedy. Net and Yahoo. <laughs> it was really bizarre. I, I I don't think I've seen anything that bizarre in well, a really what long do you make time. Of, what do you make of the idea that people think that the person who was yay on InfoWars is not really yay because he was wearing the Balenciaga mask with the electrical tape over all the logos. Uh, <clears throat> he was just a robot that was programmed with Kanye's voice. What do you make of that possibility? I mean, I, I mean, there's really no way of knowing what right. was. There isn't any under the way mask. of knowing. There isn't any way of knowing. But like, what do you think they do? You think that's something that they would do? Well, we hadn't gotten into the third interview, which is the Gavin interview. But during Ooh. the Gavin interview, he actually uh, talks about why he talks briefly why he wears the mask. And he and I'm paraphrasing here, but he said that he's wearing the mask so he can concentrate on his message. Hmm. And and something to do with Michael Jordan smiling on camera. <laughs> okay. So 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 there are these there are these intense moments of clarity with whatever this yay figure is with the mask. Mm-hmm. And then there are these like rambling, incoherent bits where it sounds like he has a grudge against particular, like, like specific people. Or specific that, Jews. And, huh? Specific Jews. Yeah, specific ones. You know, like the, he- the, the guy that runs Gap, he like he's he's really upset that this this guy from Gap said, We're gonna give you one store and one mall in Atlanta, which is notoriously Black. You know, like a black city, uh, so you can do your own thing. And, it, you know, they called him out of the blue with that brainstorm idea. And, and it's insulting to him because he can, like, according to himself in these interviews, he considers himself the idea guy. So he doesn't want people, co- like, if you're going to come at him with an idea. It better be good. Yeah, and that was so insulting to him. Mm. And you can kind of see, like, I mean, you can see that if any of this is real and authentic and heterosexual, how that would be insulting to a guy that sees himself as a genius, right? has been told by everybody he's a genius, and considers himself an idea guy. Right. You know, that you would come at him with that idea? Right. Yeah, like, not very well thought I get all the theater behind all of this as well. So there's a lot of theater and double, you know, backstories and whatever there's a a lot of um hollywoodism to this you know i blame yay for uh putting me in a position to where i've actually heard nick fuentes say things that sound reasonable whoa that i could that i could tacitly agree with like whoa so hold on first of all like uh, like he's he said a couple things that I'm like I don't like, like that. Okay, like I'm gonna need an example. Oh, uh, that America should be a Christian nation with Christian ideals. All right, all right, fair. You know that. Uh, I, I mean, he went into 
he went into a great deal about uh pornography and okay okay you know okay okay but it's uh it it's so, it's really weird <clears throat> yeah they the kid the kid can sound the kid the kid can sound measured and reasonable when he wants to yes and gay as fuck at other times right but i mean that i i've just i I, I wouldn't be surprised if he is uh, propped up to another level uh, beyond. Oh, they better they better delete all those occurring. dumper videos then, huh? They better delete all the videos where he talks about people's dumpers then. I, I listen. I, it, I've <laughs> avoided <laughs> listening to it, just like I've avoided listening to Kanye's music. I've avoided listening to any like Nick Fuentes material. Lucky because I, I I know I know what he's about and I know what he stands for, but it's just there there are these these moments where he's speaking and I'm like, oh, it's a very articulate person. Mm-hmm. Well, good and yeah, Kanye's had a lot of those. So why do you think he breaks it up with these these seemingly disparate and strange well, he's personal on Alex Jones first of all comments? He's on Alex Jones first of all when he does that. I I I think he was trying. Okay, so I'm just going to say this stuff isn't the stuff on Alex Jones wasn't scripted. There was some really uncomfortable, awkward moments on there. Oh, yeah. Right? No, I'm not saying it was scripted I, either. But what I'm saying I is think, he, he came I, across as un, 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 more unhinged on Alex Jones because it was Alex Jones. And that's what Alex Jones does. I think he wanted to go to Alex Jones <coughs> into a bombastic reaction and yeah. was unable to do that because for some reason Alex Jones didn't want to make Kanye leave his set so he could milk him for content. Mm. And because the eyeballs were on mm. the eyeballs were on the website for all that time, right? Yeah, the eyeballs were on there, the stream. Keep there, keep uh, so there. I yeah, I, I watched there. the commercial free versions. The okay. commercial free versions of each hour run about 42 or 43 minutes. Okay. That's about eight, 17 to 18 minutes of, of advertising right. that eyeballs are that I, like live eyeballs were, were riveted on. Mm-hmm. And I, which is so weird to me because in my head, I'm like, well, this whole Alex Jones operation doesn't need people to buy stuff. Right. But I, I can't think of any motivation as to why he didn't he didn't push back harder on the the Hitler liking and the Nazi approving. Well, because stuff. I think that, again, this is going to be one of those things where uh, the Jews are. The Jews are going to get themselves kicked out. Like, that's the thing. That's what they do. They get themselves kicked out. They do the thing where they push until they actually, you know. This is this is part of this is part of one of the things. I, I don't know. I mean, why else would it? Why else would they go this far? Why else would they go this far? Whether they would allow Kyrie and Kanye and all these other, uh, you know, I mean, well, I mean, obviously Kanye's a you know he's a retard and he's just a low IQ nigger, right? So, uh, so, but, so uh, but why I, would they? But why would they allow it? Why would they allow it? Hmm. Why why would you allow even the risk of going off script? Right. Right. Well, I mean, I, when I think about over the past three years that I've randomly put on Alex Jones to see 
what he might be talking about a certain mm-hmm. current event mm-hmm. that had occurred or something. Mm-hmm. He 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 manages to shoehorn in Nazi Germany into oh, yeah. conversations that that in ways that libtards aren't even able to. Like it's like amazing. Lib, it's lib, amazing. like libtards yes. like libtards find a way to talk about mid twentieth century Germany. Uh, every single day in their lives they managed to find a way to 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 pitch it to to shoehorn in that top like that topic or comparison into everything but he does it in the most out of the blue ways you know like it, uh i've been talking about drag queen story hour and somehow mm-hmm. hitler comes up mm-hmm. I, you know it, it's it's really bizarre and and so it, it was weird seeing him do this thing where Okay, so the difference between his show and like the the Gavin thing later is is he's got commercials, yeah, so he knows when a right. break's coming up. Right. So he's he'll he'll do this thing where like uh, he's used to with other guests, any other guests he's ever had, right? He can bloviate for three straight minutes into the break, and and tell somebody, all right, hold that thought, hold that thought. We'll we'll do that after the break. He can't do that. He couldn't do that with this guy, right? He couldn't hold never, Kanye never back. Seen, he couldn't hold never, Kanye back at all. Yeah, I'd never seen him uncomfortable on his own show like that. Wow. And, and, and Kanye would say stuff like, don't interrupt me. And, and he would, and of all people, to stop Alex Jones? Mm-hmm. It's really weird. <laughs> it's really weird. Yeah. That's, what, that's, that's why I felt that it wasn't scripted, that there was something really off-kilter about it. I mean, it's possible. Reinhardt, what do you think? You know, I, I I agree. I lean towards this whole appearance was scripted. Obviously, Jones is scripted. And I think the conclusion that I have come to in the past week is Kanye himself is sincere. But behind him, the strings are being pulled in such a way that even though he does go off off script and does reveal certain things or may reveal certain things about certain Jews, whatever, there is intent behind it. There are contingencies. There are backup plans. I'm not saying that they're throwing everything on this, but at the end of the day, they're still confident. Does that make sense? Okay. Uh, we we all know that Alex Jones very much avoids even saying Jews, right? Right, uh, and so he likes to do the the parsing of uh, well, it's communist, yeah, you, know, you know, communist Jews, globalists, uh, globalists, yeah, right, he, right. That's his thing, the globalists, right? And we all we all know of his his uh, familial associations, etc. Mm-hmm. So. It was very, it was very interesting to see Ye say, uh, make just no, it's, it's all of them, yeah. you know, and, and and that carried over into the that carried over into the Gavin interview in a completely well, different yeah. way. The Gavin interview was great. Um, the Gavin interview was probably I I I like the Gavin interview better than I like the Alex Jones interview because. I think the that uh, Ye was being way more over the top and ridiculous during the uh, during the um, the Alex Jones thing. 
Well, well and, and, yeah. And Gavin seemed to reveal a lot more of what we already know about him, sure, but a lot more to maybe maybe his audience that actually has liked him, mm-hmm. you know, would see. Mm-hmm. Did did you want to play the clip, Johnny, or <clears throat> Yeah, let's play this. Let's play this clip. Listen to this. Oh, I can't play this because it is shit. Mm, hang on a second. Well, the uh, to to set it up, uh, hang on, hang on. Ga- Gavin picks up Yay and Nick Fuentes from the airport mm-hmm. and brings them to a studio and. I, the entire thing was five hours, and I, I didn't know this because the interview is very well edited and uh, and put together. But the the the, it, the entire episode with the interview is only about forty eight minutes. Yeah, and it's on it's behind Gavin's paywall on censored TV, mm-hmm. and so Gavin has a very specific demographic. Uh, the air quotes, conservatarian demographic, very similar, very similar uh, target audience to Alex Jones's target audience, uh, with the exception of um, like, yeah, maybe not as much patriotard as yeah, more conservatard. Right, yeah, that, that's that, yeah. And um, it's that these are paying customers. Sure. So everything he one. has to do, he has like, he does a constant sort of gaslighting. I, I, I don't want to necessarily say gaslighting of his audience, but he has a, uh, some particular fallback opinions about what trans people are, uh, how gay people should be treated, um, how race realism should be looked at. Mm hmm. And if he he if he repeats them enough, uh, he thinks that it's going to convince somebody. But at, when it okay. comes to when when it comes to Jews, right? Some of the stuff that he said in this interview today is just way too far out in left field for for even I think most of his audience to uh, that his paying audience to really say I I don't know I don't know about that Gavin, you know like like saying George Soros isn't a Jew because he's an atheist just doesn't jibe. You know, like, like, yeah, it, that was the thing that I thought was weird. He kept saying that all of the people in charge were rich liberal whites who happened to be disproportionately Jewish. How, how does that work? So the thing he was saying about uh, whites, the, 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 the anti-white thing that he was saying is that we are ethnomasochistic and that for some reason whenever we get success we that want we just want to burn it we want to yeah. burn it all down yes when whites get to a certain level of success they get to the point where they're like oh, i just want to burn it all down and i don't know I, what I that know is what and i don't believe that that's a thing i i, I, don't, I don't think that's, that's a thing. thing yeah so what he meant about ethnomasochism he like he's trying to he's trying to divert away from the other term that describes Jews to a T, and that's ethno narcissism. Right, right, right. And, and so, like, it's it, the two terms can can get confused by 
a grug brain person that's not really like mm-hmm. uh, basically a normie mm-hmm. you know like they, they but to call white people lemmings yeah yeah it, it, yeah. it falls into the uh the suicidal altruism bit that i've heard about white people and i i don't believe that at all you know like i don't believe we're suicidally altruistic we've just been well i mean actually that's not true i do believe no i believe white people do have a bit of um a uh it's not necessarily what did you call it altruism suicidally no pathological altruism yes kevin mcdonald Uh, another other uh you know american anthropologists have brought that up that we have an a uh a pathological altruism uh, I mean, in li- in liberation theology, freaking uh, poisoned Protestant churches where you got people going into the middle of Africa on missionary well, yeah, for yeah, for yeah. four months. It, like, All right? I like that no, stuff drives me it. nuts. I get it. But, no, I, like, I, I get but, it. But the same people the, go to Haiti every year to build the same church over and over and over. I get. I get it. Let's right. listen to this. Let's listen to this clip. Okay. Uh, is this not the clip? Hold on. They're overrepresented in in a Nazi. Okay, it was yeah, that was it. Yeah. Okay, hang on. There's like a little bit of music before the beginning of the clip. Look how sexy that woman is with her hair up at the bar. Oh, that's the beginning of the episode. So sexy, though, it's oh, is it? Nuts. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's it's where is it? Six minutes in what you said? Do that with you. Start with a fresh slate. You said six minutes and where? I, 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 I'm, I'm looking at, I'm looking in the chat where I've. I'm sorry. I don't have it memorized. Yeah, I, I have. I, I thought I downloaded. Six minutes twenty-seven seconds to eight minutes okay, thirty-three seconds. Six minutes twenty-seven seconds. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Six minutes and twenty-something seconds. We'll listen to this. Up and yeah. That's my answer to that. Okay, here, this is, I'm going to have an intervention here. For you guys can hear this, right? And let me just yeah. make a case. Okay. Yes, there are uh, almost 80 to 90% of Hollywood is Jewish, probably more. Um, media, yeah, I'm going to say like 80% of media is Jewish. But <laughs> I see the Jews we're talking about in these cases as liberal elites, high IQ people, whites, and when you have, like, they're disproportionately represented in medicine, too, because they have high IQs. So the problem isn't these, these Jews, that, and most of them are secular Jews, atheists. I don't see Soros as Jewish. So we have these secular, mostly atheist Jewish people with high IQs who dominate fields that tend to require high IQs. They're, they're overrepresented in chess and mathematics, too. So the real issue here, and there is an ethnomasochism, there is some sort of, like, let's burn it to the ground. But I think that trait is a white trait, a liberal elite white trait. Oh, not even white per se, a liberal elite trait. Kamala Harris, Barack Obama, they also have these traits. And there's some sort of like lemming DNA in white people where when they reach a certain amount of success, they just want to take it off a cliff. And I don't like when Jews get pulled into that because when I think of my Orthodox Jewish friends and and even my Hasidic friends, these people are conservative, Trump-supporting, you know, American patriots. And the Jews that are getting lumped in with uh, this sort of ethnomasochistic cultural suicide, 
tend not really to be Jewish. I call them ginos, Jews in name only. It's liberal elite whites you should have a beef with. Yeah, but I lump them all in together. That's what I did. That's how, okay, that's, that's, that's good. The, that's why the tweet said that, Jewish people. Okay. But this trait, like, you know, blacks are overrepresented in violent crime. But when you meet an individual black person, you don't apply that. You start with a fresh slate every time you meet someone. Do you do that with Jews? Nope. <laughs> I love nope. I, I mean, is there anything nope. more earnest than that? Nope. 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 No. Like, like he sat and listened to that whole rambling, weird cope that that I I'm sorry. Like I I I struggle to think that even Gavin's paying customers are like. Yeah. No, I Gavin's paying know, customers. I don't didn't know buy about that dude. that, dude. Nobody bought that. Nobody's buying what Gavin McInnes is selling anymore, dude. Nobody. No. Nobody. Gavin's it, it, people, it, it, like, the, the Overton window has been pushed. Nobody's buying this shit anymore, man. He he literally did uh, my Jewish friend. He instead literally of my did my Jewish instead friend. Instead of my yes. black friend. And later yes. on, he's like, yeah, Ron Coleman, you know, helped uh, helped me whenever they wouldn't let me speak at colleges. It's like, yeah, Ron Coleman is a popular right wing Twitter Jew. Yeah, and you know, like he does free speech cases. Sure, for certain people that have bent the knee. Yeah, right. Like Gavin. Like Gavin. Like like right. like he's not like like he didn't represent anybody. He, he didn't, didn't represent. represent he didn't represent Johnny Monoxide. Yeah, he didn't represent Christopher Cantwell. Nope. You know, like, speaking of which, know, by the way, speaking of which, Christopher Cantwell is out of jail. And um, hang on. I got a, I got a message. Yes. Uh, Christopher Cantwell is out of jail. Yes. Uh, check him out. He's got a give, send, go. We'll put that in the, uh, it's givesendgo.com slash Cantwell slash donate. Um, one of the biggest regrets of this year mm. is people will not be able to listen to, uh, him from the Charlottesville trial. Yeah, it was really, really good. He was the I best mean, part. He, he was destroyed the best part. those people. By far the best part of the Charlottesville trial was Christopher Cantwell. 100 percent yeah well i i forgot i forgot who was i forgot who was talking to uh richard spencer when he was he was on the stand but he was uh the guy that said i don't know i always thought of you as sort of a dandy and well <laughs> richard and richard spencer, takes that as a and richard spencer's like uh okay yeah richard <laughs> tried to take that as a compliment and not that like you're a faggot richard. <laughs> oh, yeah. i loved it it was so random i always thought of you as sort of a dandy yeah, well, that's kind of what people think of him. They they think of him as a dandy. Yeah, like, like yeah. yeah, like with with like a higher than average top hat, you know, and like and, right, right, and like, right, Absolutely, and, and, yeah. a, and a and a cane that serves no purpose. Right, it's nice a, little little bit of powder on his nose. Yes, and well, when he saw the way under, he was dressed you know. at trial, he looked like a modern. And you'd day see dandy. it; he looked like a fucking dandy, dude. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like yeah, kind of looked like an evil youth pastor, minus the okay. short sleeve shirt. So. So another oh, thing, yeah. that, another thing that bothered me about this Gavin clip is the use of the word intervention. Yeah, um, he used it in uh, a way yeah. that, like, I know you don't like because you know steps and whatever. But yeah. So well, well, so everybody understands interventions from the A and E show, 
Sure. Right. Where where someone's uh, someone's <clears throat> self-destructive tendencies have gone so far that their that family they need, and friends they need have a to major. Ha- they need a major group of people to tell them what they're doing wrong. You have to have to trick them into being, you know, being in a room while they're all in there to to give them a struggle session. Yeah. And hopefully, hopefully they'll come to their senses and stop doing the self. They'll have an behavior. epiphany while being shamed in front of people that they actually care about. Right. And then it's broadcast on national on television, national television, which is yeah, definitely it, conducive to the epiphany having. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he doesn't know Gavin from a hole in the ground. No. Gavin was on a list of shows to go on so he could talk about this stuff. Right. I, I'm sure I'm sure that Ye was briefed on Gavin by Nick Fuentes on, on the airplane flight there. Mm-hmm. Like that that was probably about it. And maybe and a little I, I bit just, more. I'm pretty sure Ye might know who who Gavin is, being as how he was a friend of Trump's and all. He he probably knows, but he certainly isn't close. He certainly doesn't care about the guy. Yeah. Um. Yeah. There's no real connection there whatsoever. So it just comes off as incredibly smarmy and and arrogant. Well, well, well that's to Gavin's, Gavin in to general Gavin's, comes off yeah, as smarmy that and is. arrogant. Yeah. To Gavin's credit, at the very end of that episode, he's in the back of a car and he's he's reflecting on the way the interview went. And he admits how far, that, how that, far is that he admits that there is absolutely no chance that he broke through to to Ye at all about the anti-Semitic stuff. But then he even doubted out loud that Ye is even anti-Semitic. Right. And I thought that was a, a sort of interesting thing because I don't necessarily get the idea that Ye is anti-Semitic as much as he's just. I just want to point out what these people are doing. Yeah, that there's uh, Jews are I, doing I, this, and maybe you guys should pay attention so they don't do it to you. Yeah, I, I want to. I want other people to acknowledge that it's occurring by saying that. By saying that you're pointing out what they're doing, and it's actually true, is anti-Semitic. Plays into what the ADL says anti-Semitic is, which is any criticism of what they are doing. Right. Right again, and I don't, and again, I don't what, want, I don't want, I don't want to cede the ground to to groups like the ADL. No, because you know, like, they, like just pointing out what they are doing should not be in itself anti-Semitic unless you're agreeing with the terms that have been uh, gerrymandered or or concocted by groups like the ADL. Well, unless unless you're doing, yeah. So basically, what you're saying, unless you're playing by their definitions, unless yes. you're playing into the definitions that they have created and tacked onto this broad, this now wild beast known as anti-Semitism, you've ceded the premise to your enemy. Right. You allow them to make the definition to not to make it to corrupt it from what a term like that should mean. And create a, an illusion, right? So all in all, I if we're not playing by the ADL's rules, anti-Semitic is not really a thing. It's it well, it's it's like the connotation of racist. Right. Racist in normie connotation and probably ADL connotation means you just want to 
redact every single person that isn't white. Right. Well, that's uh, that's that's what they say. Racism. That's what they say. But that is right. that is the parameter, the reality that they have set up and the well, reality that is accepted. Well, the parameter for racist is just being white now. Well, that's, yeah, now uh, it's that, expanded like, to that. Well, it, right. well, it's 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 boiled down to that. Like they made it other things that were on a broader thing. Right. And then they narrowed it and narrowed it, and narrowed it to where it's just, oh, you're white. Now, so you're racist. you're racist. Yeah. Yeah. So because all the academics say because you're born white, you're born because with you're born you're white, born, you're born with racism, you're born with white guilt, you're born with white privilege, you're born with all this white stuff. Yeah. And you can't you can't do anything to atone for it mm-hmm. other than die. Other than die. Yes. Other than die. And you give up all your worldly possessions to black people. But and but I, I see Especially what your point your is like uh, there is no anti Semitic is the same thing as saying homophobic. Right. Like nobody's afraid of gays they just don't want them i don't know raping their kids right yeah the the misnomer of homophobia um is i it's done purposely obviously you know to mischaracterize how people feel about things right uh, nobody's just afraid criticize- nobody's afraid Crit- that some faggot's gonna break in and redecorate their house right like nobody, nobody cares yeah. Right, but but like just just now criticizing that there are books showing uh cartoons depicting blowjobs in your school system. Yeah, or that there's just like by, some just by bringing that up touches. makes you homophobic. Just like the rate the the Rachel the Admiral Levine thing that we played earlier, you know, basically saying, you know, these people that are speaking out, uh, you know, that that are speaking out against the all the consonant people at plus you know they they have hate in their hearts no they like he's talking about the people going to school board saying i don't think my kindergartner needs to be told that uh they they can choose their own gender you know can you guys hear me yes oh my god he made it out of the cube he made, he also made a good point. He was talking about how they were discussing what's the difference between oh, yeah, a white okay. nationalist and an sure. anti-Semite. And he said basically nothing. They're just trying to divide you even more. Did you catch that? Who said that? What? Kanye was talking about how there's no difference between being an anti-Semite and being a white nationalist. It's just them trying to divide their enemies. Oh, yeah. Oh, he said that I think at the third hour of mm. the Alex Jones thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah. No, that that was an interesting point. Uh, it, it it's weird because he made less interesting points on the three plus hours of Alex Jones. Well, than he, he made did. less interesting points on the three plus hours of Alex Jones, but he made more cartoonish clips that were more. Uh, it was more memorable. Yeah, more memorable, and the short uh tiktok length clips that happened you know as well and ultimately to... alex jones is, is always going to be more memorable than gavin friggin mcginnis right. yeah yeah what do you guys think about him discussing that his mother was sacrificed well um he mentioned that a long uh i don't remember which interview he mentioned it in the first place <clears throat> that they sacrifice his mother not he sacrificed his mother but they sacrificed his mother so he takes no response personally i don't think he 
feels that he has any responsibility for what happened to his mother. Um, although it's unfortunate that she did die um, for whatever, but uh, it, it wasn't him. Well, I mean, we know how these, these people work or we at least have an idea. And now that we've seen what appears to be a Kanye trying to break programming, mm. uh, whether it's scripted from behind the scenes or not, whatever they, they will take people and they will do it with or without your consent. Well, so here's, maybe, here's maybe question. it could have been here's, a start. I don't a, know. Here's a, here's a question. If they really wanted to stop Kanye from telling anybody anything. None of that shit would have ever been on television at all. No, not at all. So clearly there, there is intent behind this. We just don't know what that intent mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. This, this could what. go many of different ways. I would not want to get on a private jet with him right now. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. you have Ben Shapiro, yeah, you have well. Ben Shapiro, you have Matt Walsh, you have all kinds of other Jews, and yes, Matt Walsh is as spiritually Jewish if he's not physically Did Jewish. You... Uh, he's he's outlived his usefulness. His usefulness was to point out the fact that there is a trans agenda. Uh, ever since then, he's been nothing but a fucking cuck. Uh, Did you want to play one of those clips? Yeah, yeah, sure. They're both pretty short. I hate looking at my screen and watching both Ben Shapiro and Matt Walsh right. talk. This kind of uh, this kind of life can quite easily destroy you, which is why through history we have seen. Now the the self destruction takes many forms. This is a rather unique form, but um, certainly you know more common things like uh, artists uh, you know succumbing to drug abuse, alcoholism, suicide. You know those sorts of things are this kind of uh, this kind of Here life can quite. Here you go, Matt Walsh talking about Kanye killing himself, and now. Would not be surprised god forbid something should happen that, that ye should do something to himself given given his behavior i mean i again would not be surprised god forbid something should happen that, that ye should do god forbid that something should happen i mean i mean i mean i mean god so he should do something to himself god, god forbid god forbid god forbid i can't stand his and voice then, and then here we go and now we have he, you know it's like he had a really cool outfit and stuff and he was a really good architect and uh, and so you're in love with the with the with the with the with the, arch the, the the look of it. And he didn't kill six million Jews. That's just like factually incorrect. That's Guys, get the Ronald Reagan clip they showed me yesterday. Sorry, go ahead. Ronald Reagan said that too. Well, I think Hitler did. Now, now here's the thing. Now, uh, Alex Jones saying the thing about Ronald Reagan. Now, the Ronald Reagan thing had nothing to do with the Jews in the Holocaust. It had to do with Vietnamese and Vietnam. So. That is completely out of context, and Alex Jones is being disingenuous as fuck. Well, yeah. What a surprise. I, I, I don't think he got that point across, maybe. Um, what point? I mean, I'll, I'll give it to him there, possibly. What do you mean? He just didn't differentiate there. Because he knows. He know well, yeah, he knows. But what he was saying was he was saying that Ronald Reagan said, you know, well, I know they didn't go to concentration camps. And he was right, because they didn't go to concentration camps. He was talking about the Vietnamese. But when you right. take that clip out of context, it sounds like he's talking about the Jews. Right. Right. And anti Semites like to use the Ronald Reagan clip as a oh, as a gotcha, right? But it's not true. They were actually talking about Vietnamese. 
Ronald, Ronald Reagan, Reagan was, was still not devil. anti-Semitic. What? <laughs> Ronald Reagan was still the Antichrist. Well, yeah, yeah. Ronald Wilson Reagan, six six six. Yeah, it had, yeah, Ronald six Reagan. six letters in each name. I was around for that, dude. I was there. I remember that. The, I, uh, I, I, was... I, I, I had uncles that were like in high school that were like, dude. Ronald Wilson Reagan. Well, and he's also the one who expanded the whole social security card. Oh yeah, system. Yeah, the social security card. That's your slave ID number. He's not wrong. It's part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, though, um, yeah, back to Ben Shapiro, and Matt Walsh. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what so an odd why thing are to all say. these Jews? Why are all these Jews really worried about whether or not Kanye is going to hurt himself or not? Once again, I, you see, you see Matt Walsh bringing up the self-destructive thing. Maybe, maybe masochism, even just to kind of connect it with Gavin McInnes. I mean, oh yeah, industrial society causes mental illness on a vast spectrum sure. of scales. Sure, but the 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 problem when attributing it to Yay is it's hard to tell when he's doing what people would be calling shit posting IRL mm-hmm. because then he'll have like he'll have these salient points in between that are articulate and well spoken. And then he'll say so something do- silly. It doesn't come it doesn't come across as crazy. It comes across as silly. Mm. He he brought a net and a bottle of Yuhu to Nyet make and a Yuhu. Netanyahu. Yet and Yuhu. Yes. Because <laughs> Netanyahu tweeted at Elon Musk about him. But, you know, we're getting down to the wire here. He made a comment that was disingenuous on Gavin's thing when he was talking about how he didn't get banned on Twitter for posting a swastika inside it inside a six-pointed star. He wouldn't even say Star of David. He definitely wasn't going to say Star of Remfam. But anyway, like, that's not what that was. And he knows what he posted. Right. That he was knows a it was a Raylian, the Raylian cult. A Raylian cult sigil. Yes. Now that's let's their, talk about the Raylian cult for a minute. Uh No. And I don't know what like uh, we got 5 minutes and it's like a big topic. What I, I think we could do a freaking episode on the Raylians. We we definitely should, but uh, essentially Raylianism is um it's a mixture of new age alien type religion with Kabbalah and Gnosticism, essentially the same yeah, thing. Well, the Raelians, the Raelians got their, they got their logo from the side of the Elohim spaceship. Yes. Basically, uh, you know, it was like the, uh, the craft marker that you see like on the side of a boat. Yeah. That's what was on the side of the ship. There you go. There's your Raelians. We, we have a lot. Yeah. The Raelians. I mean, these are, this is an alien cloning cult. That was just recently, they just recently gave Elon Musk uh, some sort of honorary. Um, honorary Guide for Humanity. Yes. Bestowed on him by Matreya Rael. Right. Who is Matreya Rael, who is the head of Raelianism right now. Um, yes. And Elon Musk, who, if you'll look at the screen right now, um, you know how we always said that, uh, you know, Hey, Trudeau. Johnny. Tr- yeah. So someone in the chat, Rudel H8 crew, uh-huh. yeah, wanted Rudel you to crew, say yeah. abominable snowman again. And I said, donate. And he will. And he donated. Okay. Abominable snowman. 
There you go. There you go. No, um, three times fast. Abominable <laughs> snowman, abominable snowman, abominable snowman. Like what? Anyways, how Justin Trudeau, shush, how Justin Trudeau is is Fidel Castro's son. Elon Musk is Pol Pot's child. Look at the screen. That is beautiful. Look at the screen. Is you got to go to the one the one before it too? I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Hang on. Look at that. And now look at this. Oh man, it's that is it's, an overlay. That's an overlay. That is a direct it, overlay. It's a holiday in Cambodia. That's why I wanted to play the song "Holiday in Cambodia." Much but as Biafra's voice, much as I hate Jello Biafra, uh, that song is great though, dude. It really. So I, and, I do love the and with Kennedy, this, bro. with this too, it's not just the two of them looking similar, right? No, May Musk was up to some weird stuff. May Musk was up to some weird stuff. Yes, absolutely. Uh, let me see if I can pull that up real quick before we get out of here. Uh, there's also this one. Look at this, right? Elon Musk's mom, May Musk, was friends with Werner von Braun. Is it possible that Werner von Braun is Elon Musk's father? Werner von Braun, who wrote a story about going to Mars and the people who went to Mars were led there by a man named Elon. I mean, I don't know. you guys? Why not DNA from both? I mean, you've got the you've Why got the Raylan Cole here who, who has a freaking cloning facility who bragged about their ability to clone outside of the U.S. Well, that was the Raylians, yeah, yeah the Raylians, yeah. We're gonna, yeah, that's what I said. You, you know what? We're gonna, you know, we're just gonna do an episode on the Raylians. Fuck it, screw it, we're doing it. Yep, nice. <laughs> yeah. By the way, everybody, scratch offs are off. Thank you all to everybody who's donated. Yes, thank you, thank very you much. everybody who came and hang out tonight. Rudolph Hate Crew, and oh, the Paranormies went to gold pills. Uh, <laughs> thank you everybody who came and donated tonight thank you everybody over on odyssey who came and listened tonight thank you to everybody on d live who came and listened tonight and thank you to everybody who will listen to us tomorrow and in the future on the podcast where there will be a necronormicon i don't know what it is i might actually read something i'm not sure i won't be able to i will be uh predisposed okay. after work well, tomorrow so well unnecessary okay I'm um, oh, sorry. I just yeah. We'll, we'll we'll have you a Necronormicon at the end of this for those of you who are listening to the podcast. Uh, also coming up this weekend, we have a great guest for you. Next week we have another great guest, and then we have our end of the year wrap up. Uh, I don't know if we have a guest on that one or not, but uh, tune in for the rest of the year, man. There's a lot of good stuff coming, and then season eight. We have a whole a whole bunch of new shit coming. So come hang out. All right. We're gonna get out of here. And uh we'll see y'all later. Time travel makes you gay. Good evening. Tonight I will be reading from Mysteries of the Ancient Americas. Chapter seven. The Mound Builders On a September day in 1883, Frederick Ward Putnam, a curator of Harvard University's Peabody Museum, scrambled up the steep slope edging the waters of Brush Creek in Adams County, Ohio, 
and pushed his way through the bushes to follow the winding folds of a great earthen serpent that sprawled for nearly a quarter of a mile above the bend of the stream. The writhing form, with its tail lightly coiled and its distended jaw fastened on an egg-shaped object, cast its spell upon him. The most singular sensation of awe and admiration overwhelmed me, Putnam later wrote, for here before me was the mysterious work of an unknown people whose seemingly most sacred place we had invaded. Was this a symbol of the old serpent faith here on the western continent, which from the earliest time in the religions of the east held so many peoples enthralled and formed so important a factor in the development of succeeding religions? Reclining on one of the huge folds of this gigantic serpent, as the last rays of the sun, glancing down from the distant hilltops, cast their long shadows over the valley, I mused on the probabilities of the past, and there seemed to come to me a picture as of a distant time, of a people with a strange customs, and with it came the demand for an interpretation of this mystery. The unknown must become known. A century has passed since Putnam's visit, but the great serpent mound has yielded few secrets, and perhaps it never will. Its symbolism and ritual function remain as mysterious as ever. The famous mound is just one of thousands upon thousands of strange prehistoric earthworks of various shapes and sizes that are scattered across the eastern half of the United States. From the Great Lakes south to the Gulf Coast and Florida, and from the Appalachian and Allegheny Mountains to the lands just west of the Mississippi River, Dotting the Ohio and upper Mississippi valleys are mounds and hillocks rising anywhere from 6 to 70 feet or more, great geometrically shaped ramparts enclosing acres of land, and broad walled avenues. Farther south are mounds that are not only much more massive than the northern ones, but pyramidal in form, with steep, well-graded slopes and flat tops reached by ramps. And from Ohio westward to Wisconsin and Iowa are found hundreds of long, low ridges that trace the flowing outlines of great birds, tortoises, serpents, beasts, and humans. So enormous are these effigy mounds, as they are called, that many can be seen in their entirety only from above. As explorers and settlers pushed further into the interior in the late 17 and early 1800s, Numerous reports trickled back to the seaboard states about the mystifying earthen structures they came upon. In the 1780s, for instance, settlers reaching the site of Marietta, Ohio, on the bluff at the confluence of the Muskingum and Ohio Rivers, found a large complex that included a rampart, 25 to 36 feet wide at the base and 4 to 10 feet high. Two walled-in squares, the larger of which contained 40 acres and four platform mounds, and a neatly circular earthwork enclosing a great mound 30 feet high. There was also a passage to the riverbank, 680 feet long and 150 feet wide, flanked for its full length by 8 to 10 foot high embankments. It seemed likely to the newcomers that the passage had been a ceremonial avenue, and so they named it the Sacra Via, after the sacred way of Imperial Rome. One of the co-founders of Marietta, the Reverend Manasseh Cutler of Ipswich, Massachusetts, was particularly fascinated by the earthworks, noting that many of the trees growing atop the Marietta mounds were of considerable size and that some had grown up out of rotted stumps 
He began counting the growth rings in the trees being cleared away. He found one mound tree with 463 rings, and concluded that the earthworks dated at least as far back as the early 1300s. Obviously, the builders of these structures were an ancient people, not the Indians presently living there. The people of Marietta took a deeper interest in their historical environment than did many pioneer groups. Resolutions were passed to preserve the two great enclosures and the Sacrawea, and to incorporate the tallest mound in the future cemetery. As the number of reports about earthworks grew, so did curiosity. The apparent antiquity of the structures, the planning and labor they required, and the fact that the local Indians knew nothing about them led to fanciful speculations about the identity of the mound builders, as they were called. The Atlanteans, the Phoenicians, the ten lost tribes of Israel, the Nephites, the Welsh, and the Vikings all had their champions. But the most popular theory was that the mystery people were members of a vanished, superior race. It was a convenient rationale for land-hungry settlers. If the Indians had displaced the mound builders, it was argued, there was nothing inherent about their right to these fertile lands and hunting grounds. To displace them in turn was not a matter of injustice, but rather a case of doing to them what they had done to others. A leading proponent of the lost race theory was Caleb Atwater, the postmaster of Circleville, Ohio. The scholarly Atwater had methodically investigated a good many ancient ruins in southern Ohio. Even as he worked, he noted sadly that the plow and town builders were steadily demolishing the earthen structures. In 1820, he completed a weighty article that incorporated his own findings and the studies of others on the earthworks in the Midwestern states. The paper, published in the New Journal of the American Antiquarian Society, was one of the first detailed surveys of the mounds in that region and was to become an important record for archaeologists. Atwater the theorist, however, was not so solid as Atwater the scientist. It was his contention that the mounds owe their origin to a people far more civilized than our Indians. And the evidence, in his view, pointed to the people of India. In his words, the temples, altars, and sacred places of the Hindus were always situated on the bank of some stream of water. The same observation applies to the temples, altars, and sacred places of those who erected our tumuli. Who knows, he asked but that the Muskingum, the Scioto, the Miami, the Ohio, the Cumberland, and the Mississippi were once deemed as sacred, and their banks as quickly settled, and as well cultivated as are now the Indus, Ganges, and Burramputer. This ancient civilization, he said, had been carried from Asia across the Bering Strait into Alaska and had spread slowly eastward to the Ohio Valley. What had happened to this vanished people? Atwater was confident he had the answer to that as well. Like many others, he believed the mound builders had left the Ohio Valley at least 1,000 years before and slowly migrated southward, honing their skills as they went along. Their eventual stopping place was Mexico, where they built the monumental stone structures found by Cortez. Atwater's migration theory was to be perpetuated for generations to come. <laughs> 